Welcome to Ideas into Reality, a podcast to inspire everyone to take action to turn their ideas into reality. No matter what experience they have, where they live, or who they think they are right now. Each week, we introduce you to a founder that has taken their tiny flicker of an idea and done what it takes to bring it to reality. We also take a few minutes to dig into the how of some of the key lessons those founders have learned on their journey so that you can feel more confident in what to actually do as you start to take action on your idea. Ideas into Reality is hosted and produced by the team behind Canvas Coworking and Startup Toowoomba. So we'll be talking to founders from our local community here in regional Queensland, as well as some of the interesting folk that we have met during our travels around the globe. A quick reminder for everyone listening that our Flare Incubator is open for applications. Flare is for female-led businesses that aspire to go into an international market and are based in a regional area. The incubator will support five teams as they work on developing their aspirations into reality with the guidance of our team of experienced entrepreneurs, along with a suite of mentors from various industry sectors and countries around the world. The program runs from August through to December 2020 and is free to participate in. Applications close soon though, so be sure to let any of the wonderful women in your network know about it. They may just aspire to something bigger that you don't know about yet. Creating a social enterprise is often something people have an idea about, but find it difficult to bring to reality. Today's guest is not that person. She's a doer, and not just once, but a repeater as well. Susie Wenetong was the founder of Second Shot, a social enterprise that provides homeless people with an opportunity to learn skills and re-engage with the community in a way that builds their confidence and self-esteem and ultimately a future that they look forward to living. Having achieved her goal of making Second Shot successful and able to continue without her, Susie is now the coordinator at Protea Place, a space for women here in Toowoomba. She's used her prior knowledge and skills in learning to create an environment that's beautiful and welcoming and empowering to all. So great to have you with us today, Susie. I'm excited about our conversation today. So let's start off with you just telling us a little bit about yourself and yourself in a variety of different ways, but co-founder of Second Shot and also coordinator at Protea Place, a space for women. Um, Yes, thanks for having me. Um, Well, I worked in the community sector for about 15 years doing stuff like homelessness, uh, youth, crime prevention, all that type of stuff and um, over all the years I used to think, oh, what's going to make someone kind of feel like get more purpose in their life and connection rather than just, you know, meeting and having little chats or doing nice little activities. I kept thinking it's going to be more to this and how do we make someone, you know, feel more connected to community, being that they're usually about to go to jail, come out of jail, they're homeless, etc. So, yes, I was always like, hmm, think of an innovative idea. So I've always watched um, uh, 
projects from overseas, especially social enterprises and startups. And I went, oh, I think I'll have to try that type of thing. So I just want to create something where we create a purpose in people's lives. So with that sort of background and then you got to this point where you're like, all right, I've been thinking about things enough. I'm going to actually do something here. What was actually going on in your life then when you're like, yep, now now is the time? Gosh, what was going on? I think I'm just, you know, I'm a pretty passionate person, pretty energetic. I don't like sitting down too much. And because I was working with a lot of youth and crime prevention, um, just doing a lot of the um, art and stuff around Toowoomba involved in the murals and stuff like that. And what I could see happening was when when I got young people to actually get down and dirty and do a, you know, get with artists and do massive walls and um, stuff like that, I could see, gosh, we're actually changing their lives. I remember one day dropping a boy home and he wouldn't get out of the car and I turned around and he had tears rolling down his face and I said, what's wrong? And he said, I don't want today to finish because I felt like really important and everyone wanted to talk to me. And it was at that moment I went, oh, my gosh, I've got to, I've just got to create something more. So I love Oh, well, I don't love <laughs> grant writing. I do love it, but I, I, you know, it's such hard work. But I thought, oh, I have to try and find something we could, you know, find them funding to do this into our programs. And at the time, there was actually nothing around. Um, and people were going, you know, do uh, crowdfunding, but that wasn't really my thing. And out of the blue, all of a sudden, I saw this dignity funding come up through Department of Housing and Public Works, which was very exciting because, um, you know, being in not-for-profits, you never saw funding where they kind of went, have an idea, we'll give you the money, we're not going to put too much structure around it. So that's when I went, okay, it's time. It's always nice when something like that just kind of drops at the right moment for you when you've got, you know, whether you actually had time or you just made time is another thing, but where you've, you've got this idea and then someone goes, hey, I'm I'm ready to work with you on it. I'm giving you that scope, which is is really good. Exactly. So obviously you had experience in different projects, and you mentioned the murals and things. And I know you had uh, for anyone listening who's familiar with Toowoomba, you'd be probably familiar with First Coat Festival. So you had a hand in in getting that underway. But all of these different things have obviously added to your skill sets. But when it actually came time to set up, let's say second shot in in this instance. What steps did you actually take to start, like, to actually make it come to reality from just being this idea? And obviously you, you applied for the funding and, and got some money, but then what did you do? Right. Well, firstly, saw that funding come out and it did have specifications around homelessness and employment. So I went to uh, Tiffin out of the base services and I said, well, I can help you write this. I've, I've got all the government knowledge and report of reporting because they had never worked under government money which is for funding which is another world of its own <laughs> so um we kind of sat together and came up with a bit of a plan uh we wrote for a, a food truck food and coffee truck and that would be training people who are homeless to be baristas etc uh i must say at that time we thought gosh Probably not a big chance of getting this because we had never, or the base had never had um, funding before from the government. So, uh, yes, we didn't think we were in the race. And all of a sudden we got the phone call saying, yes, you were um, 
you've got this. And we thought, oh, gosh. And I remember Tiffany and I looking at each other and bursting out laughing and going, oh, God, we've never run a, a coffee truck. So um, I just said, well, Tiff, we're going to fake it till we make it. And I always say that to people and people go, oh, you shouldn't say that, but it's true. Uh, when you're in the community sector and you get these opportunities, it's like, well, we're just going to have to learn it really fast. We're, we're all about building that uh, parachute on the way down. We <laughs> That's right. just go, yeah, we can, we can do that <laughs> and we'll just make it happen. But I think one of the things that you mentioned there was I went and talked to Someone. And I think that's a really key part of the success of projects is where you've got people coming together with different skill sets and it, nobody had done it before. Like you couldn't, if it's brand new, no one has done it. So, so going, oh, we can't do it because I haven't done it before. It's like, well, the world wouldn't exist if everyone thought that way. That's Sometimes right. you've just got to go, yeah, okay, we can make it work. But you still reached out to other people who had you know, a different type of operation and going, okay, I see an opportunity for us to work together on this and make this happen. How about it? Absolutely. Went to a couple of coffee shops around Toowoomba and I said, gosh, how are you doing this and that? Um, Worked with council really closely. I didn't know about all these licences and all the rest of the stuff that was going to happen. I didn't really even know about the Chamber of Commerce. Like I had no idea there was this Chamber of Commerce and what they even did in our city. So it was, yeah, it was beautiful. (laughs) scary but great and there is such a network you you just once you start reaching out everyone is usually happy to help they'll introduce you to somebody it's really good so you mentioned you know have things you didn't know about um on that road to reality so actually bringing second shot to life what was it like so once you got the money and you got going how how was it what what happened Well, I suppose this is where the learning started was, you know, we had this great idea of getting people who are homeless or at risk of homelessness into training in a coffee truck, which sounds great. But then it was about going, okay, um, I wanted to make sure we're getting the ones that really needed assistance. So I pretty much had to go into the soup kitchen and find the participants. Um, So the first time we ever did that, I think I got seven people register. They were all male and they're all over 40 years old they were about 50, oh, actually about 75 percent of them were chronically homeless i.e not living in a house and i'm thinking okay we had business businesses because i went out and got contracts from large corporations and businesses that were happening in toowoomba like the um this the highway the new highway second range crossing So I had the contracts in place because I knew that was the way to do it. We had to have something where I knew every single week we were going to get some kind of income. So anyway, signed these guys up who um, hadn't worked for many years, um, couldn't really read or write, um, and started this process. So straight away it was like, oh, my goodness, here I am little Susie who was much younger than the other the guys that I was trying to train in something I was trying to learn and taking them out to um you know big projects so a lot of it fell onto my head which was fine I probably didn't realize that when I started um and but at I must say some of my best stories are from that crew of guys um the outcomes from that were amazing Three more times we did registrations over 12-week periods and um, 
I kept getting males. I never got females. So then we had to change the way we did things, found females, and, yeah, then we eventually went, let's open a shop front. So incredible. that's where we learnt a lot more. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to double back one second. So you mentioned that you went out and got contracts with different organisations to ensure that you had, you know, people who were going to buy coffee because uh, otherwise you've got training people and, and the disappointment of nobody coming to buy. So is that something you had done before? No. <laughs> so how did you no. how did you decide to do that and, and how did you go about that? There was one guy I talked to that used to own a coffee shop in Toowoomba and he said to me, Susie, I think, you know, it's all good selling coffee and so is 150 other people in Toowoomba. So if you can't guarantee your income every week, how the heck are you going to sell your coffee? And I said, oh, but we're a social enterprise. Everyone will want to buy off of us. But not everyone did want to buy off of us because we had we had people that were homeless and struggling in life, you know, that were doing the um, front counter work. And there were some people that just went, oh, I'm not going to actually go there because I don't know where that person, you know what I mean? And as mean as that sounds, it's the truth of humans. So, yeah, I just thought, okay, I'm going to look at the biggest industries in Toowoomba and I'm going to call them. I'm going to let them know this is our idea. I was really truthful and honest as to, we are quite new at this. We need the experience. We want to learn. And, yeah, they opened us, uh, welcomed us with open arms. Other thing is it was government funding. I got into the government and said, you funded us. You want We want this to succeed. You want this to succeed. Work with us. And they were um, brilliant and still are to this day. So, yeah. Fantastic. Federal government or state government? State. State. Yep. Okay. Wonderful. That's, that's excellent. On that journey then which I can only imagine how much was involved and how challenging that was I I assume that there's several moments though that you're particularly proud of the things that you've accomplished tell us about those gosh there's heaps when I um when you first say that I think the first thing that comes to mind is when I was talking about the men before there was one guy who actually slept in a park and he was part of my team and so he would have to arrive two hours earlier so I could get him into the showers at the base services, give him some breakfast, get him looking good for the day because, you know, as soon as they put their uniforms on, I saw this massive change. I love uniforms and I love that goes back to that purpose thing. But anyway, um, he didn't speak much. I didn't know a lot about him, but um, we did a lot of, uh, we worked with a training organisation, so they had to learn hospitality, cert one. And what I noticed is every time he read, he read everything about one centimetre away from his eyes. And I said, oh, you know, how are your eyes? Can I get them checked? And he was he was a bit nervous to do that, but we did do that. So I made a um, nice little um, partnership with a local optometrist who from then on supplied people with glasses. So he got glasses. And so from him joining the course, he realised he actually couldn't see a thing. So he got his glasses and he just changed overnight. Now that guy is now full-time job up in North Queensland and he wrote a 247-page book on becoming a barista. Wow. So that, that to me, you know, second shot's grown exponentially, but that story and that man will always, that's what it's about. So, 
yeah, things like that. Just, yeah. Incredible. I'm, but, I'm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah, and to this day, even at Protea Place, the one thing I'm always saying is let's get glasses. I just think, I know that's off the subject a bit, but during that time of teaching people, I saw so many people that couldn't learn, that had, you know, bad behaviour, everything in school. And and the first thing I'd say is, oh, can you actually read the blackboard? No. So what happens? Yeah. And it was the same in adult homelessness. And I'm thinking we need to bring everything back to the basics, you know, as much as business is good. Um, when we get all that right, the business grows. And so it's about the people within the business. Always about the people. But that's incredible, that learning and that, you know, realisation and the fact that that now, if that's a common practice of everyone who goes through, it's like, okay, you know, can you read it? Let's get your eyes checked. You know, a $100 pair of glasses and, and changes someone's life. Exactly. And like I said, even the, I even went to the optometrist and explained, this is our business and this is our, these are our students. And straight away, they were very happy to jump on board. And I think that's the thing is, like we were saying before, never, ever being afraid to ask well, for help and also never, the one thing I'm not afraid of anymore, I used to be, was looking, like I used to be afraid of looking stupid. I'd think, oh, my God, I don't know what basket size I'm supposed to use on this machine. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, if I go and ask a barista or a coffee shop that, they're going to go and you're coordinating second shot. <laughs> but you know what, the more I do it, the more I realised, God, it just helped me. And I know I see a lot of people now and I think, it's okay not to know everything and it's okay to ask. Great, great lesson, that one there, right there. Awesome. Now, obviously you've um, evolved and, and moved on from Second Shot and you're with Protea Place and I know that you were an integral part of getting that established and you're now the coordinator. Um, so as something that is is moving forward uh, that you're working with, what what drives you to actually keep moving and and it must be hard I guess to leave something behind and move on to the new thing but what's that driving factor for you and and I, we've probably just heard some of that but I, I think I know. <laughs> you know what what else is it what's what's in you that makes that happen I don't know <laughs> I think number one it was very hard to move on but there was a succession plans directly in place the moment we wrote that program I think if anyone stays anything in anything for too long, sometimes it gets a bit stale. And I always told every student that went through Second Shot, we are looking for a coordinator. I don't want to be here forever and I don't want to do coffee forever. And that even made them strive harder. So as much, I must say, to this day, I still miss making a coffee. <laughs> <laughs> and I miss, I miss going out to these um, places and just meeting the most amazing people everywhere or you know, um, but then I went, no, okay, I felt like my time there had come to an end because there were so many great people to step up. I still go and see them all the time because I'm a complete coffee addict ever since. Um, yeah, I think people are my motivation. It's not the business, but I think if you put the, the more time I put into the people or the purpose of the business, it just seemed to gen it seems to help generate the business. I don't know. But so it's we've I've come here. Look, we weren't even starting anything here and we um got this beautiful house and everything uh in it 
donated by community. And one day we said, oh, we need clothes for the women coming to our house. And what happened was all of a sudden we had women coming from everywhere and men actually, and they were bringing high-end designer labels to us. And we're like, oh, this is fantastic, but honestly I'm not sure if someone just wants to laze around at home or, in, you know, in the, in the hospital in with Gucci. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so we started actually saying, do you mind if we, if we create a little shop with this stuff, can we just on-sell it because that would really help us pay for the electricity, the food, all the services we provide to these women. And, oh, well, when we said that, of course, what happened then was more people started bringing stuff because they were like, oh, if we, we know we're helping you run this building, then we are going to give. So um, and that's how Protea Boutique came to be. Um, we still have massive amounts of clothes for our other boutique, which is for the women. Well, actually, both boutiques are for the, any woman that comes here. It's all free. Um but we thought, okay, we'll do a little Saturday, you know, four-hour session, one the first Saturday of every month. And what that's actually turned into is in that four hours, pretty much almost to the dollar, it's quite weird, we probably are hitting about $3,500 in four hours once one day a month. And we have a line of people in the car park. And I think it's about, I think people want to do good and I think that's where social enterprises and when you're doing something for a purpose, people want to come in and give that. So, yeah. And actually we didn't cover it, so I might just get you to, to do it now. Just tell us a little bit, <clears throat> sorry, about what Protea Place is and, and how it works and then obviously Protea Boutique is obviously helping support that. Exactly. So, um, well, Amanda and myself, we were both working in the community sector, as I said, for many years and... Um, you know, the one thing about working in the community sector is you're constantly trying to find out where the gaps are and what needs filling and maybe how you can fill it. So, um, and it is hard sometimes under government funding to be able to do that because you generally are, have a set thing to do and you shouldn't really go out of that box. So Amanda kind of, Amanda worked at another organisation. We always talked about, gee whiz, there's nowhere for women for women to go. And I'm not talking homeless women, I'm talking all women that might just need a hand because it's hard if you are experiencing homelessness or even vulnerability to walk into an organisation and say, I need help, particularly as a woman because we are mums and we're doing all this stuff and we're just not meant to, you know, we're supposed to be so strong. So, again, going back to the base, is those places are so crucial and so good for our community but what we saw was it's probably a bit male heavy and we just wanted a really safe gentle quiet beautiful space for women to go to so yeah Amanda said let's create Protea Place so we started off we gave our jobs up obviously that was so <laughs> second shot and we did two days a week and um about two months in, we're going, oh, my God, what have we done? <laughs> because we had a lot of women coming, but we didn't really have income or anything else. As much as we want to give out, we're givers and we love working with people. It was like, oh, my goodness, we'll end up homeless at this rate. So um, we just concentrated on, on getting this house up and going and proving to government again or community that there is this huge need. So we started seeing women, oh, 25 to 30 women a day 
So then we open three days a week to provide lunch and a space. And Joy, you'll have to come in one day because what we've done is try to create the most beautiful space. So when women come in, they go, oh, my God, we didn't realise it was going to be like this. And it's like, but you deserve that. And there's so many women that come in here and we'll give them a nice little hygiene pack that's in this beautiful golden bag. You'll have to come and see it. Um, and they are reduced to tears and they're like, We've never, I've never been given something so beautiful. And that makes me really sad because I think everyone deserves some beauty in their life. And we used to say we're helping vulnerable women, but now we say we're helping all women. We're all vulnerable, men, women, everything. So we just created a day space. It's a bit like you're visiting us at our house. Uh, it's got a great dining table that we all sit at and talk and Women come in with everything from paperwork about Centrelink to child safety to legal stuff all the way through to being actually homeless. And because we have nothing kind of restricting us, we can do things very quickly. So now what's happening is when coronavirus came along, which is really sad, um, we noticed every a lot of places shut down. So we actually went, let's start doing five days a week because we knew there was a huge need Um and when we did that, we started getting men, women, children, families, and we went, yep, everything's out there. We know we help anyone. And, again, um, Department of Housing and Public Works kind of saw that and went, oh, gosh, if you're one of the only ones on the ground, we're going to help you actually get paid to open five days a week. So feeling really blessed. So, But Proteo Boutique was born from how do we keep the electricity on um, Keep the food, the great lunch going because we have volunteers, professional chefs that come in and make amazing lunches, but we have to make buy the ingredients. And so, yeah, hope that was, hope you understood that. I go everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine, but I do definitely have to pop up and, um, and see it for myself, I think, because I haven't been in yet. So, yeah, that um, it sounds incredible and such a good thing that you're doing. So that's that's really good, and I can only imagine that that drives you every day. So yeah, wonderful. Now, a lot of people think about doing good things, and obviously you've done some really really good things uh, in your life in a lot of different ways. But if someone was to sit with you and say, "Look, Susie, I have this idea for something that I want to do," and and let's say it's in the social enterprise space, and they don't have any experience and they're not sure where to start, what would be the thing that you would suggest they do first? I think what we said before: ask, ask around, go to the, think of the best, or ask for the best person in the community, someone who's done it for a long time, and just go and meet them and ask. It might work. They mightn't be the right person, but don't ever stop asking. I think, like I said, I am constantly learning. I will never finish learning. Um, so, yeah, no questions, silly. Ask everyone. Ask anyone that looks like they're doing well in their industry. It doesn't even have to be the same industry sometimes because and that other thing, that KISS theory, which is keep it simple, stupid, <laughs> I think that's a great one because, um, yeah, it's something I've really I, it just keeps coming back around is don't go too big and too hard. Keep it really simple and and then you can't go too far off your goal. You can't, you can't make too many mistakes. You can go bigger later. But, yeah, I still use that theory in everything I do. People understand it. People can connect when you keep it simple. 
And I think it also helps to know, am I actually creating the impact that I want to create if my impact is really clear and, and simple and I'm trying to do this one one key thing, am I doing it? Exactly, yeah. That's good. But talking to people, absolutely, yeah, can't can't agree enough with that one. Exactly, and it always involves coffee, so I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Now, people listening might want to know, okay, I've now heard about this. I'm really excited. I want to go find out more about it. How can people learn more about, well, Second Shot, you can, I'm sure, give a plug for them, but also Protea Place? Well, both are on Facebook, so, um, or www.secondshot, that's 2ndshot.com.au, and Protea Place, which is, yep, the www dots uh, we're both on Facebook um, and you can see the second shot truck running around Toowoomba all the time or their street store which is in Ruffin Street just next door to Westpac Bank and we're here over at Protea Place we're in Russell Street 131 Russell Street and we're across the road from Gibbs um, yeah and I'll leave my I'll leave my email details with you. Awesome. So we'll drop links for those into the show notes. So if anyone's listening, they can jump on the website and just click the link and find it. But otherwise, yeah, fairly simple. But second shot with the number rather than the full word if you're looking for that. Excellent. Now, we haven't known each other very long, only a couple of weeks, in fact, although I'm sure our paths have probably crossed in the past on various different little things. Uh, However, we come together because of a new project that's being launched that we're both quite passionate about, and that's the Creative CBD Project. So do you just want to maybe share a little bit about your thoughts about that project and and why you think it's a good thing for you to give more of your time to? (laughs) Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm so excited about, about the Creative CBD project. I actually um, looked at the Renew project down in um, Newcastle quite a few years ago. So when I heard that they'd come out up and there was a bit of talk about this and Tom, I was really excited, so jumped on board straight away as to how we could be part of it. So, yeah, I'm a big believer in that type of stuff. Um, as I said, I think the CBD and working in crime prevention before just that urban renewal stuff, yeah, interests me greatly. And I think it's great to give opportunities. Like if I'd have had this opportunity way before second shot, I think um, I probably would have learnt more then and had a little bit more to go into second shot with rather than just the fake it till you make it. That's it. I think uh, a little bit of structure and a little bit of guidance and certainly mentorship helps everybody. So, you know, as as potentially, you know, uh, well, maybe a participant in Creative CBD or as a mentor and, you know, a guide throughout um, that project for people who need it, I think the skills that you have are going to be extremely valuable to anybody who's in that project as well. So, yeah, really, really pleased that you followed it and are interested and we're similar in that, yeah, Renew Newcastle's been on our radar for, you know, a few years and obviously we knew it had expanded to other cities and we're kind of like, oh, wouldn't it be great if Toowoomba had this and and now it's going to. So, um, yeah, awesome. So yes, I look, exciting. look forward to working with you on that one as well. Fantastic. Now, anything else you wanted to share about anything that's happening that you think people might like to know about before we wrap up for today? Gosh. Well, just come and visit us at Protea Place and hopefully 
you'll see us expand a little bit more soon. But, um, yeah, if you love fashion and labels and shoes and jewellery of the highest calibre, um, we are so cheap, it's ridiculous. <laughs> the women come and go, you are not selling. We got Tiffany earrings still boxed. And I think the ladies, because all the ladies that come to Protea Place, actually we're training them to work in business. So I think they sold them for $40. And I'm like, they were Tiffany. <laughs> so if you're looking for a bargain, go to our Facebook page. Keep an eye on Protea Place Boutique opening again soon. And, um, yeah, definitely come and see us. And if, if people are listening and they think, I'd really like to help, so, you know, they might be going, maybe I've got, you know, Tiffany earrings or something else sitting in my cupboard that I'm not using, um, you know, are you taking things in and is there anything else you need at the moment to be able to keep doing the great work that you're doing? Yes, so we've got many projects that um, we do, so we always welcome clothes and sanitary items and all that stuff. We also have a thing called Welcome Home Project, so because we can move quite fast, when we can get women into housing, we are going in and actually uh, furnishing their whole units because um, one thing we've noticed from working in the sector is you can give someone a house and they won't have anything to furnish it with to make a home. So we do also look for furniture to furnish units with. Um, and, again, if you want to see what that project is, it's on, on our Facebook page. So, you know, anything from clothing to furniture to um, just dropping in and having a cuppa with the ladies here. We do a lot of peer support, so I get a lot of people saying I want to volunteer, and I say rather than volunteering, come in, have a seat, have a cuppa. You'll probably learn something, but maybe you can give something as well. So, yeah, just check us out on Facebook and um, and you will see a lot of things on there that we might need help with, but just the support's massive. Wonderful. Just give us the address again and when you're open. Yes, so we're 131 Russell Street, across the road from Gibbs Restaurant, and we're open Monday to Friday from 10 till 3. It's just a drop-in service, so you can just, just rock press up. the front doorbell and you can come on in. Lovely. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Susie. Really glad that we were able to connect and and catch up today for this conversation. Uh, look forward to dropping by the space and being, you know, involved in what we can do there. I think I might uh, run through my wardrobe at home before I have <laughs> and bring along some stuff that perhaps uh, isn't uh, isn't what I'm wearing it anymore. So yeah, that that will be good. Awesome. Well, thanks again, and uh, yeah, look forward to working with you. Thanks, Joy. Thanks for having me. Thanks. It's been <laughs> Instead of a startup lesson today, I have a second guest join me for a conversation about a wonderful new project that's about to launch, the Creative CBD Toowoomba Project. Anne Witten from Toowoomba Regional Council is the driving force behind this wonderful opportunity And today we chat about what Creative CBD is, who can get involved and why the council has invested in it. Now today I'm really glad to have Anne Witten from Toowoomba Regional Council with us to tell us a little bit more about the Creative CBD project that you just heard about in the interview with Susie. So Anne, welcome to Ideas Into Reality. Great to have you with us today. Yeah, thanks, Joy. It's great to be here. 
Awesome. So, Anne, if you want to just give us a little high-level overview of what is Creative CBD? Creative CBD came about through a number of issues that we were seeing in the city in relation to lots and lots of creative people wanting to get out there and get visible and and showcase what they do and a number of vacant shop fronts in the main streets. So we put our heads together and we tried to find out if there was a way that we could connect up those vacant spaces with these creative people and activate the street by bringing new diversity into the street, but also give those creatives an opportunity to try out a shop front in a low risk Um, flexible way yeah that's basically the concept yeah so it is about matching those people isn't it it's about going okay we've got this vacant property but we've got these awesome creative people and how can we utilize both of their skills and assets in a combined way to bring more people into the street showcase these businesses but also fill that that vacant shop Yeah, that's right. And it's a place-based way of thinking about how streets and and places work. So we we don't just look at the vacant shop, we look at the whole environment around that shop and the businesses that are around it. And we try and and identify a creative that will enhance those other businesses. So the idea is that we we encourage people to work together and to um, share the benefits of increasing the numbers of people coming into that that part of town. And I think one of the things I really like about it is the the little slogan of compliment, not compete. So making sure that anyone who's looked at as an opportunity for for moving into one of those places actually works quite well alongside of the existing businesses in that area as opposed to being in, in direct competition with them. So I think that's a, a great little motto to have as well. Yeah, that's exactly right. And The businesses that are already in the street have such a depth of knowledge and understanding about the place and about running a business and about the customers and the clientele that we're really hoping that we can build really strong relationships between the emerging businesses and the and the existing ones so that we have this you 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 get a sense of when you come into our city that it's a welcoming, generous fun place to be where people um, are supportive and friendly and encouraging of people to stay and, and learn more about the place. Fantastic. Other than that, are there any other particular outcomes that you're really hoping to achieve? Because obviously this is initially a pilot program. So obviously there's certain things that you want to make sure uh, are being worked towards. So can you outline a little bit of what you're hoping the, the outcomes will be? Yes. Well, I guess primarily this is a business incubator program. So Council's economic development strategy for the region includes priorities around creative industries and the creative economy. So I guess one of the outcomes we would love to see is some of these entrepreneurs being able to develop their business into a commercially viable enterprise, potentially employing people, local people. That to me would be a huge success measure if we could see people actually transitioning from what might have been a home business or a market stall perhaps into having a street presence and contributing to the life of of the city. The other thing that council is cognizant of is the investment that building owners put into the city in owning and, and buying buildings in the city. And how could we support them in reducing the numbers of vacancies? So we've engaged with local real estate agents as well to understand what the market is. And we would hope that this program may lead to more commercial 
uh, leases being let and, and lower vacancy rates in our in our shop fronts. And in terms of community benefit, I guess it's increasing the diversity of the offer of the city. The more diverse your opportunities are in the city, the more likely you are to go down and then that becomes more sustainable. So the more people that come down, the more people that enjoy the place but also see opportunities for things that they might like to try. So there's sort of three aspects to the program that we will try and measure. And that's in regard to businesses transitioning from an entrepreneur to sustainable model, reducing the vacancies and increasing the numbers of people that are coming downtown. Awesome. I think it's really important to highlight that point as well, that it's not necessarily all about people going into town to buy something, but it's about the interaction and the engagement within that whole environment of the CBD. So it might be going down and one of the people that have taken on one of the places might be running a workshop or an activity or showcasing something that allows people to come in and just be part of that community aspect of engaging with other people, meeting people, seeing what else is happening in that sort of landscape. So I think that's really important as well. It's not all just about going and buying more things, but it's about doing things together and, and getting out and, and yeah, being part of it all, which I really, really like that. Yeah, Joy, you're absolutely right. Could I um, add something to that in that I think everyone's aware that the face of retail is changing dramatically and cities are moving from consumer places to social places, they're social centres. So people choose to go to a place because of the experience that they're going to have. They have a great experience. They are proud of that. They want to share that with their friends and their families. That's where the, the creative industries come into really adding another depth to experience in in our city. And I guess always cities have always been centres of learning and innovation. So we need that massing of people and that's where you get those ideas sparking. Couldn't agree more. Now, you mentioned property owners and I think something perhaps that people might be curious about is how does that how does it work? So when we're looking at a place that someone might be going into, somebody obviously owns that, someone will go into it and then we want the community to come. But what's the involvement of the property owner and, and how does that side of it work? Good question. So the benefit for the property owners is that they can have their space tenanted. The participant gets a rolling 30-day license. So either party can terminate the agreement with 30 days notice. The property's tenanted, it's open, it remains advertised on the market for, for commercial tenancy, but people can go into the space and see how it can be used and really experience it rather than looking through a dusty window and trying to imagine their business going in there. Council has purchased an affiliate membership to Renew Australia and Renew Australia has all of the legal contracts and checklists and all of the information that we need in template form to set up these agreements between the owners and the participants. And at all times, the owner maintains complete control over who goes in there and, and what they can or can't do in the property. 
So I think it's a really good point to make is whilst the, the property is being tenanted at at no cost or very little cost, just covering the insurance, the so the property owner isn't receiving a rental from this particular tenant, but it's showcasing how that space can be used, it can show it in use, and that may encourage other people who are thinking of starting a business or, or moving to town with their business could take over that space and, and use it ongoing. I think one of the things that we've seen happen in other towns that have gone through this program in the past, because as you said, Renew Australia is already operating, they have this system and structure, is the fact that uh, sometimes the person who's gone in as the creative entrepreneur chooses to stay and arrange a commercial lease with the owner of the property once they've been able to sort of test their idea and see if it works and see if people come. And other times they learn that maybe that isn't the right place for them or that it isn't something they want to pursue, but it has activated that space and that place and other people are then more attracted to it, which is a good benefit for the property owner at the end of the day as well. So it's a win-win on both sides. So that's really good. Yes. And and from, a, um, I guess, a financial perspective, there's implications if the owner lets the property on a, a lease for a lower than market rent. It can have you know, financial implications for the owner. Being a, a license, it doesn't affect the value of the property. So that removes that risk for, for the owner. All right. So if people are curious and want to find out more, so how they might be able to be involved either as a property owner or as a creative person wanting to set up their own shop or as the community just wanting to know when's this happening and where and how can we be involved, where can people find out more information? There is a Toowoomba uh, Creative CBD Facebook page and that will just be progressively updated as we move along. So where we're at at the moment is we held a number of workshops last year to, to see, if to gauge if there was interest in the community and overwhelmingly there was a lot of interest. So we've got databases from, from those workshops We'll be starting to make contact with all of those people, but also we'll be putting out expressions of interest and those will be publicly advertised. You'll see them. We'll put out through the Facebook page, but also probably through the Chronicle. It'll be promoted on local radio and and TV. So I just encourage everybody to keep an eye out for more information as as it comes to light. Fantastic. And we'll definitely be sharing it through Canvas Coworking's weekly newsletter. So if you aren't already subscribed to that, I encourage you to jump onto the website and pop your details in so you can receive that in your inbox every Monday morning with what's happening for the week. And that uh, will definitely have information in it. We're really excited to be involved in the project. And we know that there's a lot of awesome people out there just waiting for that opportunity to take the first step into creating their own retail space. So I'm sure the expression of interest process will be something that people will be looking out for and and keen to get their ideas into the mix. So wonderful. Thanks so much for joining us this morning and really glad to be involved in this with you and keen to see who, who fills the first space. Yeah, oh, thank you so much, Joy, for the opportunity. It's, it's fabulous. These sort of programs, they've got to come from the community and be uh, embraced. Council can come up with some ideas and, and perhaps some seed funding in these initiatives, but it's, it's really heartening to see how proactive our community is in terms of grabbing hold of these new opportunities. Fantastic. Thanks, Anne.
Well, that brings us to the end of this week's Ideas into Reality episode. And we hope that you enjoyed learning about our founder's journey and got a couple of takeaways from the lesson learned that will help end the flames of your idea. Assuming you did, be sure to subscribe to this podcast on your favourite podcast app and let your friends know too. They might just be sitting on an idea that you do not even know about yet. You can find out more about Canvas Coworking and Startup Toowoomba by visiting our websites, canvascoworking.com.au and startuptoowoomba.com.au or finding us on pretty much any social media platform. My name is Joy Taylor and I'd like to thank you for joining me on this journey and I look forward to introducing you to our next guest in our next episode.